It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for part two with Brian Callahan. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals offensive rookie class. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're going to continue our talk with Brian Callahan today. We're going to be focused on the rookies, and we're going to discuss at the end of the show some of the big takeaways from our chat with Brian Callahan, because a few things really did stand out, and so we'll get to those. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, and you can find this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell on YouTube as well. That makes it really easy for you to join the first listen club. Those are our favorite listeners, along with the everydayers, James. Isn't that right? The people that make us their first listen every day and those of you that make sure you don't miss an episode. Because if you miss an episode, you might have missed part one with Brian Callahan talking about the veterans and some of the points of emphasis that they've had this offseason. And well, we'll talk about some of those again today as well. But, James, let's get into it with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan talking about some of these Bengals rookies who have been pretty impressive so far in the offseason program. We've talked a lot about the veterans and, and guys that have been in town at least since March. But let's uh, let's talk draft a little bit. And, <laughs> and before we get to specific guys, what was it like sitting there for the first two days in that being able to, to not just chat with us, but get a new toy to work with or a new weapon in the first yeah. two days of the draft. Yeah. I had a feeling that, you know, going into the process that, that there was some guys that we had targeted, um, you know, in the first round on offense that we knew were likely not going to be there when we picked. Um, and so I had a feeling that it was going to be a little defensive heavy uh, yeah. just because of where the, the talent was going to fall that, the offensive talent was going to go early in the first round. It was going to go early in the second round. And so for, for those guys to make it to our picks, the ones that we felt like were worthy of those spots, um, I didn't think was going to be uh, likely. So I had an inkling that it would probably be defensive heavy early. Um, that based on one needs and two, those guys were the better players um, on our board that, that ended up getting selected. So uh, it got a little boring. You know, I was hoping that'd be more, maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something fun to, to go, you know, a new, a new toy to, to add, but um, really feel like we did a great job finding the value in those picks as, as the rounds went on for us on offense. And um, the, the three guys that we picked in the, in the fourth, fifth and the sixth, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about. I think they all have a real ability to help us this year. Imagine if you had picked an offensive player in the first two days of the draft, you would have never gotten the, hi, my name is Brian name tag joke. <laughs> And no. we would have all been deprived. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was uh, – I just, you know, it had been a couple of press conferences had gone by and, and hadn't been down there. I just felt like everyone needed a reminder. 
I love that. Let, let's talk about these guys in order. Let's start with Charlie Jones, who, yeah. when he was picked, it sounds like he's mostly worked in the slot. And, and it makes sense, given the roster. But when he was picked, and we were doing our post-draft episode, and I honestly, mostly for the first time, watched a little bit of Charlie Jones's tape, it looked like he was winning quite a bit on the outside against some pretty good corners, guys that yeah. have made it in the NFL. Yeah, you think he can play inside outside? Is that positional versatility part of his game? And just because he yeah. looks really comfortable playing vertically outside. That's that's the hope. You know, that's the hope is, is you have a, a really a three a three hole player that can play either outside spot or or play in the slot uh, with effectiveness. And so, um, you know, you got to be mindful of how much you you ask a guy to do early on. And so we'll, we'll, we've he's worked outside. He's worked inside. We're going to let him try to sink his teeth into some of the inside stuff early. But he's going to be uh, a flexible position player for us. He's not one that that we're going to sit and just say he's only a slot or he can only play uh, outside. He's going to be able to do all th- all three spots at the receiver position. And um, he's got the versatility for it. You know, his, his speed is is legitimate. Uh, he's got ball skills. He plays physical, even though he's not a huge person you know he's not a real he's not built like jamar he's a little bit thinner um but he he plays bigger than than what his his playing weight would suggest and um i'm excited about him and he's, he's a natural catcher he's got great ability to get in and out of breaks uh, he knows how to set up routes he's really pretty savvy for a young player you can tell he's uh, he's had good coaching and, and been in, uh, asked to do a variety of things as a receiver that shows up when uh, you see him come play with us in the first couple of weeks you're like man this kid's got real ability it seems like he's going to be the exact guy, as you were describing Joe Burrow when we asked you about Burrow. And this is part two. That's on part one. But when we asked you about Joe Burrow, how he was describing and coaching up players and saying, this is where I want you. It just seems yeah. like Charlie Jones is going to be exactly where Burrow wants him. And, and so from a football intelligence standpoint, has that translated? And then also, he seemed to get into the locker room like 45 minutes after practice ended every single off-season session. Is, is that true? Was Charlie just always out there? Yeah. Um, I, the first part is that I do think that he's, he shows the intelligence um, and, the, and the natural feel for zone coverages and leverages. He's, uh, you're going to see – he sees a lot more things even just against our defense than he probably saw in college, you know, the, the way guys play, the way they disguise. And so uh, he's been uh, up to the challenge of, of trying to figure all those things out. And um, he's got – football's natural to him. It makes sense to him. Um, he's one of those guys that takes coaching quickly. He doesn't make mistakes the same very often. Um, and that's usually a sign of a guy that's got a good uh, base of football knowledge and intelligence. And so uh, it's only going to grow as he plays more against more, more looks, just like all young players. Um, it takes them a minute to get their feet under him, but he's done a really nice job uh, probably doing it a little bit quicker than, than I would have anticipated. So um, that part's good to see. The second part of your, the question, uh, I think he, he, him and Andre, I think, just about lived at the facility for most of the offseason. Uh, <laughs> you know, they – and credit to them because you don't have to do that. You know, they're it's the first time as pro athletes. There's no one telling them, you know, what their schedule has to be. Um, they put in a ton of extra work after practice, making sure they were on top of the things they wanted to improve on. And then, you know, I'd, I'd walk out of the building every night and they'd be down there in the weight room walking through and, and – and stretching or they're doing something uh, to get ready for the next day. And I thought that that's, um, that's usually a pretty good recipe for success and being able to make an impact quickly is that uh, you put the time in for it. And then, and him and Andre both have, have really put a lot of time in. It's been a, 
um, a very, it's an impressive start for them. They've made a nice impression. Do you think it's nice that they can push each other? Because if one is tired, they could convince themselves, oh, I'm going to go home, but not if Charlie is working or vice versa, if Andre's working and Charlie's yeah, tired. I don't know having a workout buddy makes working out a whole lot easier. So uh, <laughs> I think that they, they got a good accountability with, to, uh, to each other. And, you know, they're both very serious. They, they want to be good players. And um, they're very serious about their work and their process. And I think that that's always a good thing to see, guys that are naturally that way. Um, and you don't have to try to show them that path. Um, they naturally do it. And so that's great to see. And I think it's only going to serve them uh, well as they start getting into the, the grind of it all here soon enough. Uh, they're going to need all that work. Do you have a workout buddy in the building? Uh, Todd Hunt's my workout buddy, our assistant strength coach. He's, he's keeps me, he keeps me straight. That's a, that's a pretty good <laughs> workout buddy. Uh, yeah. An NFL strength coach. You, you, you yeah. take that. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned Andre and let's just stay there. Packs to receivers together. We'll talk about Chase Brown as well. Andre mentioned having a similarly sized player in T. Higgins, who is incredibly underrated, I think, by most in terms of his ability to change direction, get in and out of his breaks. Because he's so big, you don't yep. see guys moving that well at his size very often that smoothly, although Bengals fans maybe are used to it with A.J. Green preceding T. Higgins. Is that something that you've seen directly contribute to Andre's game? as he's worked through some of these early practices because he's specifically mentioned T Higgins as a bit of a role model. Yeah. He's done a great job. I mean, this, I think that he and Andre's got both those young players got a great uh, mentor and Troy Walters. I think he's, he's one of the, the finest receiver coaches out there um, played the game, understands it, understands how to teach it. And so he's been out, he's been all over those guys, you know, every day um, they work. If you watch them in their individual, they work, they work top of the route and breaks and, and coming out of the break. Um, and so that's a lot of work that Andre's getting. And all of a sudden you see over the course of four or five weeks, um, you see his, his big, strong body pulling out of breaks. And you're like, man, that looks, looks pretty dang good for, for a guy his size. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, T's kind of the, mar- the, the benchmark for him is if you can move, like get out of breaks, like T at your size, um, you got a real chance to, to be a dynamic player and everything that he's done so far, um, has been has been impressive in that regard. I mean, you see all the physical traits, um, and it's not it, it's not too big for him. You know, you, you wonder coming from a small school, uh, playing at Princeton, what's it going to look like? And man, he's been uh, he's answered that bell every time it's it's been uh, it's been rung for him. And so, super excited to see what both of those young receivers look like uh, with pads on. And then again, when they play in the preseason game, see who shows up because there's always those moments when you get excited about guys in shorts. And they put the pads on, uh, and then all of a sudden you get to this spot where they don't show up in a game, and so uh, you want guys to translate and show up when it comes time to play football for real. So that's my favorite part of training camp and the off-season programs when you get to go play football. Uh, and I can't wait to go see those guys play. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book for a reason. Right now, you're going to get one thousand dollars in bonus bets back. That's right a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Now, if you've been listening to Locked on Bengals, you've heard us talk about FanDuel for quite some time. Hopefully, you've already tried it, but if not, take advantage of it right now. Whether it's wagering on the Reds with baseball season in full swing, maybe you're looking at some NFL futures bets, maybe you're like me, you love the NBA, and you think Chris Paul is going to work with Steph Curry. The point is, is you can wager on all things sports in one spot, fanduel.com slash locked on. And in fact, when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on right now, you'll be able to get that no sweat first bet 
up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Up to $1,000, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there today, FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think one of the most underrated parts of just watching practice, certainly warm-ups and one-on-ones, and then pregame is watching Troy run with the receivers. Who has more left? Brian Callahan, the quarterback, Troy Walters, the receiver. Troy Walters, the receiver by far. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he can still – he still gets out there and can do that. Like he his, does. Oh, man, he's – you know, it's it's no secret why a guy like him at his size played for eight years. You know, it's he he, he still got real ability too. Um, man, I think it's kind of fun for those guys to see their position coach. Um, you know, be able to to do some of the things he's talking to them about. I think that's sometimes gives us some validity. But they have fun with them. They laugh at them. Uh, they make fun of them. But I think it's all in good all in good fun. And uh, Troy can still play some football. If, if he had to suit up and play for a game, he, he'll get us out of it, and, and he'd make a couple plays. Let's make sure. Go ahead, James. Would he agree? You think he would say he could still suit up, or do you think he would laugh at you? Uh, he probably he probably play humble, but I think deep down he felt like he could play for us if he had to. <laughs> Got that that competitive fire with yep. like you see it with Chad Johnson too. Never never quite burns out. Although Andrew Whitworth did say that you know his leg day program isn't quite what it was when he was in the NFL uh, last year when when people were joking with him about that. Um, let's make sure we hit on Chase Brown here. Chase Brown, you know, we, we were talking to Charlie Goldsmith last week, I think, and, and he told us that Chase couldn't start, couldn't stop talking about how much he's working on being a receiver, how much he's working on the pass protection part of his game. And that's tough as a rookie, mm-hmm. no matter how much experience you have in college. And you can see that he has some of it when you go watch him at Illinois. But how has that come along for, for Brown so far in the early part of his Bengals career? Um, so far, so good. You know, we won't know about the pass pro part really. Uh, until until there's there's some guys trying to sack the quarterback, you know that's the that's always just the marker, you know if you can do it then. But there's there's technique involved, there's knowledge involved, and like you said, for young players, the protection part's a lot. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. It takes a lot of study. Um, it takes really disciplined eyes. Um, those are things that 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 take time to learn. Um, and I think it's proven over time that that you, it's it's a process that. Uh, can be acquired. You can improve at that. Um, and I think that Chase is, is going to do a good job. I'm anxious to see what it looks like, you know, just like you guys are. We want to see uh, what he can do. And that's what this part of the offseason is learning all the things you need to learn in order to go do that. And then hopefully when it's time to play, uh, we see all the things that we think he's capable of. Um, he's dynamic and explosive. It's been fun to watch him come out of the backfield, uh, catch the ball. He, he's got, we know he can carry the ball. I mean, he, he ran the ball for 1,600 yards. I mean, he knows how to run the football. Um, and the rest of it's going to be fun to see how he develops. And, you know, he's just like those receivers. He's always in the building and approaches his job uh, the way you would hope a young player would and and in a manner that's going to help him um, hopefully ascend quickly. I know you don't coach them directly uh, like you do with these offensive guys, but 
Can you just give us a little bit about the the rookies on defense? Uh, Miles Murphy certainly pops off the moment I yeah. saw him. I'm like, yeah, yeah big dude. And, and we'll just go down the list here. Yeah, you watch him do drills, and and you see all the traits. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. We we don't go live against those guys at full speed at any point in our program. Um, so I haven't seen him really try to get off and, and try to go get the quarterback, but uh, just his movement skills running around, you like, man, this guy looks like he can really uh, rush the passer. So that part's cool. I hope uh, it's good work for our guys to go against, you know, talented players and everything about him seems like he's got all the, everything you could ever want to, to be a good pass rusher. Um, you know, you get to see a little bit more, you get to play against DJ Turner a little bit. So we, we've watched him cover and uh, transition not always the fairest judge because they're not allowed to press, uh, play press coverage in, in the offseason program. It's a, I think it's like a hundred thousand dollar fine out of Zach's paycheck. So um, <laughs> those guys are very clearly wow. not pressed, nor will they. Um, but you see his skills, you see his speed. Hard to get past them. Um, he does a really nice job in transition. He's really sticky as a coverage player. Um, and then you know the the guy, the other guy, the other corner, DJ Ivy, has been pretty impressive too in that regard. Just in terms of they're putting at a disadvantage because they can't press, they can't get their hands on you. Um, but just to see their movement skills and, and how they break on the ball has been uh, been pretty cool. I think those guys are talented players. You've added athleticism all over the place, a big theme, I think, of the draft, of the offseason in general. Really excited to see how that plays out. It's really been an underlying theme as we talk about every single one of these players, just speed, change of direction, athleticism, you name a trait. And, and a lot of these guys have at least one, if not more than Brian, we really appreciate your time and your insight. We could always ask you a million questions. We'll let you go enjoy your vacation here and uh, always appreciate the time. Well, it's always fun coming on. We'll have to do it, do it again here in training camp. I would love that. We'll, we'll talk to you then. And maybe we can do it in person since you're coming out. Hey, yeah. let's do it. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll find a venue. Yeah, we'll work that out. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to that. Better than sitting in my car. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> really, really good stuff there from Brian Callahan in person. Now we're going to hold you to it. That's the thing he doesn't know, Jake. We're going to hold him to that. And uh, well, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how we do that. If, if it's anything like our, our meetup a few years ago ahead of the Jags game, that would be uh, quite a crowd on hand for Brian Callahan, by the way. Shout out to the herd using a clip from part one of Brian Callahan on Joe Burrow. We will react to part one, which you should go listen to if you're listening to part two and you missed part one, but do it after we react uh, to some of our takeaways from what Brian had to say, certainly because uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say, good things to say overall from the Bengals offensive coordinator. We'll do that coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Always great to hear from Brian Callahan. Like you said, James, always such an insightful interview. And, and a few things really did stand out to me. And some of this goes back to part one. So again, if you missed part one, you can go listen to that to, to get the full answers from the Bengals offensive coordinator where he goes into some of these things in his words and in his perspective, providing his detail 
but but one of the first things we talked about with him was the kind of transition of the offense that happened midway through last year and how that's led to different points of emphasis early in this offseason program this year, you know, through phase one, phase two, through OTAs, through mini camp, before training camp. And one of the things that we talked about a few times reacting to those practices was how it seemed like every rep Joe Burrow took that got posted on Twitter was a play action rep or every rep was Mm -hmm. either a play action rep or, or a run pass option rep. And he talked about how that actually has been a point of emphasis this off season as they're looking for ways to get more explosive. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they've got this offensive line that they think is going to be able to hold up a little bit longer and allow them to dial up some more long developing plays, which is not something they've really been able to do. We've talked so much about how Joe Burrow's had to be on time, how they've had to do so much quick game, and, and even their vertical offense at times was quick game, like three-step drop, hit the back foot, throw the vertical 30 yards down the field kind of thing. So I, I found that to be really interesting that kind of speaks to their optimism about the group they have and the way they're coming together on the offensive line. Yeah, the, the confidence in the offensive line. It, honestly, Brian echoed a lot of what we've said on this podcast, which hopefully helps our our listeners realize we're not just making things up and shooting from the hip here. And and hopefully he's right about them having not only the best group they've had since coming to Cincinnati, but the best group that we've seen since at least 2015, it would be nice if it was even better. That's a, that's a a tall task, but if it was even close to that, that unit, then Joe Burrow is going to have time to throw. And we could talk about five step or seven step <laughs> here and there and in some long, longer developing plays because that part of the playbook, that part of the offense has been buried. Buried somewhere deep, deep, deep in, in the, the basement of Paul Brown Stadium. And I, I think they might have actually buried it underneath the stadium <laughs> because there was just no way you could do that with the franchise, with Joe Burrow, with that offensive line. And I think this offensive line should be better. We'll see if it is. The the play action stuff is interesting because we know that that's one of, if there are any weaknesses, Joe Burrow turning his back to the defense. But I, I always would combat that with, well, if you're not fully trusting the guys in the trenches, I wouldn't want to turn my back either. And so hopefully that trust has has been built during this offseason program and, and will continue to develop during training camp. But that's... Uh- that's the key to unlocking this offense is, is all these little things, longer developing plays, play action, all of those things that little wrinkles that we know what they're going to be a pass first offense, but can they add the little wrinkles that make them that much harder to stop? Well, and he talked about what play action can do to a defense and especially in the context of not even necessarily turning your back to the defense of your Joe Burrow, the continued emphasis on the shotgun game that they transitioned to last year. sounds like that's still the plan this year. And we'll see if they need to come up with another counter punch to deal with what defenses are going to do to deal with them being a a shotgun offense, a duo heavy offense in the running game when they do run the ball instead of the wide zone team that tried to go under center and have really an entirely different offense under center, which was one of the criticisms of this team in terms of the way it was schematically put together last year versus what they did in the shotgun. And one of the other things that really stood out to me that Brian told us was the the emphasis of making the running game out of the gun look like their pass game out of the gun and marrying that with their play action concepts and their run pass option concepts and just instilling those little split seconds, tenth of a second, two-tenths of a second, bits of hesitancy in the way defensive lines are going to have to play again in terms of the initial part of the snap, instead of just flying upfield, knowing it's a pass, giving them that little bit of doubt 
that makes them play the run or or kind of hold their their upfield pass rushing moves or penetrating pass rushing moves for just that split second to allow you to get those extra you know 0.2 0.3 seconds in terms of time to throw for Joe Burrow who's one of the fastest time to throw players in the NFL in 2022 and seeing how all those things come together with a full offseason to implement the the details sure you know, Brian Callahan loves talking about those details. Look at that. See. That's a shot back. I'll look at our everydayers. I love that one. Yeah, they, they love should, they that should appreciate that. But the details of the shotgun <laughs> game and really getting all of those things smoothed out with the full offseason instead of a midseason transition, th- that's one of the things that you could see from this team in, in terms of taking a step forward that isn't personnel or anything like that. It's just like the little marginal things that can make you win. In, in that very close game in Arrowhead instead of coming down to the wire the way it did. Yeah, for sure. And oh, all those games seem to come down to the wire, and we know the margins are so thin. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why we analyze this stuff as closely as you do because it could be one block by, say, Cordell Volson. That is the, 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 change, the changer, the game changer, whatever it is. But now we have Orlando Brown Jr., Ted Karras, and O'Brien Callahan, all kind of bullish yeah. on the second-year guard. And that's certainly something there, there's two linemen that have been criticized mm-hmm. a ton this off season. Jonah, obviously number one, far and away, but two is Cordell Volson. A lot of people have questioned whether or not, not me though in competition. Yeah. A lot of people have questioned whether or not they should bring in competition for Cordell Volson. And they are clearly in the camp of they believe in Cordell. So I, and this kind of flies into the, the conversation we were having earlier with him on part two, all of these rookies, it seems like they're all like high character, mm-hmm. quality, plug and play if you need them to in, in specific roles. And, and that's what I love. Like Charlie Jones is such a, an obvious fit for Brian Callahan in this offense. And Andre Yosevash seems to be really impressing. I love the workout buddy mm-hmm. uh, part of it. I'm going to see – if uh, Brian wants a workout buddy, because I've never worked out at, 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 at Paycor and um, just trying to get I, I it. You're working all the angles. Yeah, get into that weight room. My goal is for training camp to be able to walk in and security, just be like, Oh yeah, go ahead. They just uh, assume that I'm, you know, the 91st guy or something. So we'll see. I've been training hard. We'll see if it happens. You want to work out with the NFL strength coaches. I get it. But, but you make some, some interesting points. Yeah. There. Don't you go back to, of course. Yeah. But, <laughs> Just to wrap up on Cordell Volson, I, I think that, you know, again, really good points from Callahan talking about the, the adaptation. I mean, new position for Cordell Volson kicking into guard from tackle where he played in college and just getting used to the techniques that they're teaching in Cincinnati, getting used to the speed of the game in the NFL and those though, becoming accustomed to those things being a big reason that he might be able to play faster this year. That's where you hope to see that step come from from him. Because as Callahan told us, we know that Volson has all those intangibles, like the quintessential OL guy. He, he has that personality, does Cordell Volson. And excited to see these guys when pads come on, just, just to echo what Callahan said there. And that'll be probably around the second week of training camp, we think, based on history. They tend to go a little bit light, the, the ramp-up phase, the shorts, shorts and shells phase to start yeah, things before full pads come on and i'm just trying to get cool. a lift in when it's light let me yeah. get a lift in when it's light out let's go sure yeah uh, i get it i hear you excited to see these guys in pads though james because you know then we'll get to see how chase round does against 
quote unquote live live bullets live play where it's I not think he's this. he, he I, I I should have mentioned him more uh, about the high character stuff. I think he's just made of the right everything. Yeah. Like have you all these? Guys. I've I've interviewed him. You know we haven't had him on the pod yet. We, mm-hmm. we should, but any interview he does, he just has the right answer, and it's all it's completely buttoned up. And you look at him, and he's a muscle that runs a four three eight. Yeah, and I know he ran a four four three officially. He runs a four a sub four four forty yard dash. Like yeah, there, there's some commonalities in the kinds of players this coaching staff likes that have really become clear over the years, and, and character certainly one of those trends. And, and athleticism, I think, is is Talent. certainly emerging as another yeah. one in the last two three years. But Great stuff from Callahan. Always love it when we get to have him on the show. We're back with one more episode this week. We're in late June, James. This next episode is uh, going to be our last episode of June. Ooh, and then it's training camp month. You yeah. better put on those big boy pants, Lisco. It's almost here. I'm not wearing pants to training camp. It's hot outside. There you go. There you go. Canada hasn't fried your brain yet. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Make sure you're back with us later in the week. And until then, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.